Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Ben. What is up, Rams fans? Welcome back to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Audible. And with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now and a free month of Audible. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash Rams Showcase. I am your host, Joe Brandon, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags, laying down the law for you guys. And first things first, the Rams are NFC West champions with that win over the Lions. I know that a lot of people have not been overly concerned with becoming the NFC West champions, and I think that's kind of fair because based on how good this team was last year and the improvements that this team made over the course of the offseason— I can see why Rams fans are kind of, their their sights are set a little bit higher than the NFC West. But first things first, we have to get this, right? You had to clinch the division, and we did it. So that's awesome stuff. Um, We actually don't have a whole lot of news to get into with you guys. So uh, we'll get into the news, and then, of course, we'll talk about the Rams and the Bears. And on the other side, as always, we have our fan quesos and Those are always awesome. You guys never disappoint me in the fan quesos. Uh, So first of all, let's go ahead and get into some transactions. Uh, The Rams did waive wide receiver Kendall Thompson. Uh, Nothing too crazy there. Uh, Let's see here. Malcolm Brown likely headed to IR with that clavicle injury that he suffered. It's looking like he is going to undergo a procedure, and the recovery time on that is 8 to 10 weeks, which puts him quite literally at the end of the season if you go uh, through the postseason and everything. So it's uh, all signs are pointing that he's going to go to IR. I would be honestly a little bit surprised if he didn't go to IR. Uh, but this does mean some cool things. All right. So uh, Justin Davis has been a very popular backup running back for the Rams. And a lot of that has to do with the fact of where he played his college ball, USC and all that stuff. So I know a lot of Rams fans are, are really excited to see him, but This is John Kelly time, in my opinion. I think that this is John Kelly's time to shine. John Kelly, obviously, rookie running back out of Tennessee, did play at Tennessee with Alvin Kamara, and there were times, I've said this so many times before, I don't know if I've said it here, but I've said it to to people a lot, is that John Kelly, in his time at Tennessee, when he and Kamara were both there, there there were times where it looked like John Kelly was the better running back of the two. So could the Rams have a Alvin Kamara-type talented back behind Todd Gurley? And if that is the case, that is something that we're going to see here pretty soon. And this isn't going to take like any carries away from Todd. This isn't really going to you know push Todd down in his touches or anything like that. 
But if the Rams can, you know, have that guy who it's it's looking like what is it like usually like the third drive of the Rams every every game that they they use Malcolm Brown a lot. I think this is really where we're going to be able to see John Kelly. And I think Kelly's going to take full advantage of this opportunity. He looked awesome in preseason. He was able to find those holes. He's very quick with the hole. Uh, and uh, that's going to work perfect with how the Rams do their running. You know, those those zone blocking schemes that we see a lot of. Uh, I think John Kelly is going to be very effective in that as he was in preseason where he's just able to see that hole and he's got that burst through the hole and he can make people miss and not just by moving around he will bowl through you which is awesome so uh, I'm excited to see John Kelly I think everybody else should be excited to see John Kelly I've seen a lot of different people say well we don't really know him all this stuff yeah we don't really know him we don't know how he's going to translate into the NFL fully considering he hasn't even worn pads on a NFL Sunday game day or Monday game day or Thursday, I guess, if you want to be picky, but uh, we haven't seen him yet in pads once. So this is going to be exciting, guys. I'm I'm over the top excited. I can't wait to see John Kelly, but it is unfortunate about Malcolm Brown and also in Malcolm Brown news, uh, Malcolm Brown's contract expires at the end of this year. So we very well may have seen the last of Malcolm Brown wearing the horns on his helmet. Uh, especially if John Kelly slash Justin Davis do really well uh, in the, you know, these last four games and into the postseason. Of course, the Rams already guaranteed at least one postseason game, so we get to we get to do that, which is which is good. Uh, some news and notes for you guys: the Rams can clinch a first round bye with a win over the Bears on Sunday night. So I did talk about this last week that the Rams uh, could clinch the first round bye with a win last week and a win this week. Well, they took care of last week, becoming the NFC West champions. And I, I got to be honest, guys, I still prefer it. I still prefer to win a game and become champions. I'm kind of glad that we didn't clinch over the bye week. You know, it's cool to clinch as early as possible. Only four teams ever have clinched by week 11. And that is something that the Rams did have the opportunity to do. But the Seattle Seahawks, uh, mainly the Green Bay Packers, couldn't take care of business. And then, of course, the Panthers couldn't take care of the Seahawks either. So uh, the, that it came down to the Rams and they did it. They did the damn thing, and that was pretty awesome to see. So Sunday night, though, if the Rams can pull out a victory over the Bears, they are guaranteed no worse than the number two seed in the NFC, which would give us an extra bye week, which, to be honest with you guys, you know, I know that this is very likely that the Rams get a first round bye. Uh, I think it's extremely likely, but I think the important part here is the fact that the Rams did have a very late bye week in week 12. And Andrew Whitworth talked about it on the uh, J.B. Long's new podcast, Rams Revealed, that that group, you know, they played all together. They played uh, the 11 straight games, and that's hard for an offensive lineman. I mean, you're using brute strength all day long. So I think a first-round bye is actually extremely beneficial. The only thing I'm interested to see is how the Rams would handle that in a situation where they know they're seeding going into a game in like week 17 against the 49ers, will they rest their starters? Because that would give the starters two weeks off. And that, I don't know if I would be excited about that or not. Of course, I do trust this regime a lot more than I trust the la trusted the last one. So I think if that is the case, if the Rams do, uh, do bench their starters, or at least, I mean, I'm hoping they at least play that game a little bit, maybe first half or something like that, treat it like a preseason game or something. I don't know. I just want to see them out on the field. I just think two weeks is a little bit long, but if Sean McVay thinks that it's going to work out great, then I think it's going to work out great also. So, you know, we got that going for us. And I think it could be beneficial as well, uh, pending seating and all that stuff to maybe just bench a guy like Whitworth, you know, but let him sit down, let Barron sit down, let Saffold sit down, maybe Sullivan. Uh, you know, Blythe and Havenstein are pretty young guys. I don't think they would necessarily need it. Maybe Todd Gurley doesn't go that day. Uh, maybe you got maybe a wide receiver or two doesn't go that day. Maybe you just hit Cooks or something. I, I, I'm interested to see how the Rams handle that. But of course, we will get into that uh, as we cross that bridge. Of course, uh, there, <laughs> this is a fun one. So uh, rumors that the Rams could potentially trade Sean McVay to the Green Bay Packers. These are strictly rumors, and usually I don't deal with rumors, but this has been something that I've seen talked about quite a bit, and my only you know, tidbit of information to you guys is I would not believe this. I would not believe that in any capacity the Rams 
are willing to slash thinking about slash even considering trading Sean McVay. That just wouldn't make any sense to me. I think it would be a bozo move. And uh, I definitely wouldn't want to see that, first of all. And I just don't think it's, it's in the possibilities. I don't think that this is something that the Rams are kicking around as a as a possibility. I mean, what would the Rams even get in return? Aaron Rodgers or something? Like, I don't know. I have no idea what, what it'd probably be draft picks, you know, but uh, I just don't think the Packers have anything that we could necessarily absolutely use and that we would be willing to give up our prodigy head coach, Sean McVay, up uh, for like anything. I don't think they have anything that we would want to give up for, for that. So uh, Aaron Donald, you guys all know Aaron Donald. That kid is absolutely insane he's just one giant muscle there's that picture of him celebrating the the nfc west championship and he's he doesn't have a shirt on and that guy is scary i can't even imagine trying to be an nfl quarterback especially like i'm i'm definitely a skinny dude but i'm like look at like jared goff who's like a thin dude also can you imagine seeing this guy running after you and he's not nice on the football field he is a very aggressive person so uh, i think that'd be scary but aaron donald Speaking of Aaron Donald, he is now officially getting attention in the MVP talks. That's absolutely amazing. Donald has 16.5 sacks, uh, just needs just needs to get to 23 to break the records. Uh, the record is held by Michael Strahan at 22.5, so he's getting there. Uh, he also has the most multi-sack games in the NFL this year, and I think that this is very possible. I think this this could this is the the this year's RS record watch hashtag rs record watch this is something i'm going to be definitely starting now uh last year i kind of started it a little early and i don't want to say that i jinxed it because i'm not really a jinx kind of guy uh but i definitely felt a little bit weird about starting my rs record watches so soon but now we're down to the final quarter of the season and aaron donald is being talked about as a legitimate candidate to maybe take home the mvp which would absolutely be amazing only two defensive players ever have won MVP of the NFL. Uh, Todd Gurley for last week's performance, he is he has been named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, the AFC Offensive Player of the Week was Philip Lindsay of the Denver Broncos, but obviously we're more of a Todd Gurley crowd around these parts. So Gurley, I mean, he's doing the damn thing also. He is absolutely amazing. And it's actually interesting to me. Uh, once I saw his final statistics from, from last week's game where I think he had, what was it, 134 yards rushing, I believe, somewhere right around there, I was actually a little bit surprised. And I don't know what necessarily happened to my brain while watching this game, but it just didn't feel like he had like a massive game to me. It felt kind of just like he was having a normal game. Like he was probably closer to like 98 yards in my mind. Uh, but it was really cool to see that he was able to do that. Uh, but for now, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Rams at the Bears. The Rams sit at 11-1, and one, the Bears at 8-4, and four, and the Bears are actually a pretty good football team. Uh, my roommate, I actually had this discussion with my roommate that, you know, he was saying, he's like, the Bears, they're not a scary team. I was like, dude, just watch one of their games all the way through, front to back. They're a really well-rounded team. They play really good football, and I think that we're all going to really see that this week. I think it's going to be a lot closer game than people think. This game does kick off at 520 Los Angeles Times game will be on NBC as it is on Sunday Night Football. Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels on the call. The weather for this game going to be a cold one. I know a lot of Rams fans that are going to this one. Uh, this is going to be uh, 31 at, at kickoff and about 30 degrees at the end. Low chance of precipitation sitting at about 5% throughout the game. And uh, low to medium winds depending on your uh, your, I guess, ability to handle the winds it's about eight miles an hour eight to 11 is what i'm seeing right now so uh, nothing too crazy as far as the winds uh and it is going to be cold especially for los angeles fans so in the 30s that's definitely cold uh the rams most recent game in freezing temperatures was at the denver broncos in week six this year where they obviously were able to pull out a win uh, let's see here the line opened up at 4.5 in favor of the rams now it sits at three for the Rams, and I think this has a lot to do with uh, Mitchell Trubisky looking like he's going to play in this game. The over/under sits at 51.5. This I found really interesting. So the Rams are five and one on the road with their lone loss coming uh, on the road to the Saints, but the Bears are five and one at home. Also, they I mean they play very well at home. So five and one versus five and one, I think this is going to be a really strong matchup. 
Let's take a look deeper into the matchup. The Rams offense versus the Bears defense. Total offense, the Rams are second. The Bears defense is fourth. Passing the football, the Rams are fourth. And the the Bears are 11th. Uh, running the football, we got the Rams at fourth as well as Chicago defense sitting at second against the run. Points per game, the Rams are putting up 34.9. That is tied for second. And the Bears are giving up 20.1. That is fourth place. The Chicago Bears offense versus the Rams defense. Those numbers were all really close. And I think that that's important to keep an eye on. Uh, just like all these numbers are extremely close as well. So the Bears offense ranks 20th. The Rams defense is 18th. That is up from 20th. Last week, they were able to gain those two spots in that game against the Lions. Passing the football, the Bears rank 19th. The Rams defense is 17th. Running the football, 16th for the Bears offense and 18th for the Rams defense. And points per game, the Bears are putting up 28.7. That ranks 5th in the league. And the Rams are giving up 24.8. That ranks 19. So very close all across the board. So Every single matchup in this game is actually very interesting to watch and is a good matchup. So I think this is going to be a very close game. And, you know, I'm not, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibilities for the Rams to really jump out on the Bears and kind of just sustain a lead. But all signs are kind of pointing that this is going to be a very close game. Let's take a look at the history of this matchup. The Bears lead the all-time series 53-36 and three, so a pretty wide margin there for the Bears uh, all time. The most recent game between these two was on uh, November fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. The Bears won that game thirty-seven to thirteen. The very first game of this matchup was October tenth of nineteen thirty-seven. The Chicago Bears won that one over the Cleveland Rams twenty to two, and the Bears have won five of the last six meetings uh, between these two and the Rams getting that win in 2013. I think that, you know, a lot of these stats, uh, it seems like every single week I'm talking about how a certain team has, you know, won X amount of X amount games. And I think it just really has to do with the, the fact that the Rams are good right now. Yes, but the Rams were not good at all for a very long time. So I think it's where a lot of these numbers are coming from. The three to see in this one, three big matchups that I'm going to be keeping my eyes on during this game. We got Khalil Mack versus Rob Havenstein and Andrew Whitworth. Havenstein honestly looking like the better tackle right now. Whitworth obviously has had an amazing career and he's he's Andrew Whitworth. He, he's got the skills. He's got the talent. I think his age is kind of catching up to him a little bit, but I'm interested to see what these two tackles do against a guy like Khalil Mack, who's obviously, you know, he's also in the running with with Aaron Donald for Defensive Player of the Year. So I think this is going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, but I'm interested to see how the, the Rams tackles specifically handle that pass rush of Khalil Mack. Now, Khalil Mack's numbers on the year, he's got nine sacks, one interception, one touchdown, five forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. And next matchup, of my three to see, I'm looking at Aaron Donald versus the Bears interior line. So that's Brian Witzman, Cody Whitehair, and James Daniels. James Daniels is likely the one to be up against Donald a lot, but obviously Brian Witzman, that left guard, will be facing him a, a decent amount as well. Donald's numbers on the season, 16.5 sacks, four forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. Donald absolutely having an amazing year. Donald is one of the best players in the NFL, and I think he's having his best year. I don't think that's any stretch to say that Donald's having his best year of his NFL career right now, and uh, it I think it's it's being proven. I mean, he's in the NFL talk or MVP talks, and he's putting up the numbers. He leads the NFL in sacks right now, sixteen point five, absolutely amazing. And one thing I'm looking at here as well is the Rams' run attack versus the Ram- the Bears' run defense. So we know that Malcolm Brown is no longer playing for the Rams this season, as he will likely be put on IR after going undergoing that that procedure on his injured clavicle. Uh, but there's some notable names on the the Bears' defense, especially in that front seven. A couple of them, obviously Khalil Mack, Dan- Danny Trevathan, uh, Roquan Smith, Akeem Hines, who is actually the third. In- rated interior defensive lineman on pro football focus Aaron Donald obviously is number one and Leonard Floyd these are all extremely talented players uh the Bears I mean they are second against the run that is absolutely incredible these this team is very strong they're not flashy like the Rams and that's that's kind of the way that I explain the Bears uh the Rams will kind of do some amazing things to you and kind of get you to 
to look around and, and do some misdirection, and they'll also just beat you with speed. And they beat you with speed, and they beat you with scheme. You know, the Bears are not as flashy. They're going for the first down. On defense, they're just trying to get you off the field. They're not trying to do anything crazy. They just want you off the field. So I think this Bears defense versus Rams offense is a pretty decent matchup. But honestly, if I'm going to be honest with you guys, and I feel like this is a place I can be honest with you guys, I don't think we're going to run into a situation like Dallas versus New Orleans where the defense was just able to completely shut down an offense. I just don't think that that's... I don't want to say that it's not possible for the Rams offense to be shut down because I do think that there are some things that, that the Rams defense or offense does show some weakness in. I just don't think that the Bears are going to be the ones to be able to do that. Of course, the Rams have had a lot of trouble in games with against opponents who have a really strong pass rush. So that's going to be something we're going to have to look out for in this game, especially with guys like Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith. Uh, the biggest storyline of this game, obviously, we all know it. It's Khalil Mack versus Aaron Donald. Who's going to perform better? These were the two guys who were holding out this year, and Donald obviously got his big deal with the Rams. The Raiders didn't want to deal with Khalil Mack anymore and decided to trade him to the Chicago Bears where he beat Aaron Donald's deal. So who performs better? I want to see your comments on this. I want to see you guys can tweet me at Ram Showcase. Tell, tell me who you who do you think is going to perform better. But don't just tell me Aaron Donald because I know most of you guys are just going to say I want to know why. I want to know exactly why you think Aaron Donald is going to outperform Mac in this game. Like I had mentioned before, the Rams have had some trouble against teams with really strong pass rushes. You know, the, the Seahawks had a strong pass rush against us. Uh, the Broncos did a really good job. That was a five-sack game as well. And then uh, the Chiefs also did a put a decent amount of pressure on Jared Goff as well. Obviously, the Rams were able to to put up a lot of points in that game. However, but um, there were two defensive touchdowns in that game. Uh, but I want to know why. I want to know why you think Aaron Donald's going to perform better, or why you think Khalil Mack's going to perform better. Maybe the Rams do win, but maybe Khalil Mack has an absolutely amazing game. The pass rush is going to be a big uh, area of concern for this Rams offense this week. Uh, that is going to do it for the first half. Uh, on the other side. We've got fan quesos, so you're not going to want to go anywhere. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk. Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all of the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. Hey, welcome back to Ram Showcase. If you guys have not already, make sure you guys follow all the Ram Showcase social media pages. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. I try to make it simple for you guys, you know? Try to make it simple. Also, be on the lookout for a website coming up soon? Question mark? 
I don't know. I'm not very good at building websites, but I'm doing my best, okay? Doing my best. We'll get something for you guys soon, I promise, at least in the off-season. I also am going to start doing uh, this off-season. It's just really hard to do during the season. It's hard to do a lot of things during the season. Uh, this off-season, we're also looking at doing some potential gear. So maybe t-shirts, maybe hats. Maybe you guys like to keep your, your beer cold in a nice, awesome Ram Showcase koozie. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out that's awesome for you guys, uh, which also will be tied in with the website. So keep your eyes open. Of course, I will give you guys updates on that as well. And if you're following the Ram Showcase on social media, I am, I, I guarantee you guys will see something about this. Now, we're going to go ahead and hop right in to our fan. Actually, you know what? I lied. We're not going to hop right in. I just learned a cool fact that I, I can't believe I didn't see before. I literally saw it during the break is that Todd Gurley is now fourth in Rams history in rushing touchdowns. That is right. Fourth all time. And you know who he's behind. I think we can all just guess who he's behind. Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson, Steven Jackson. He's right in there. And probably next year, potentially next year, he could take over as more, as the, the single most touchdown rushing, touchdown scoring Ram of all time. That was a weird way to word that. But you guys, I feel like you guys know what I mean, so it's all good. Uh, now we're going to hop into some fan quesos. Uh, these three come from John. So let's go ahead and start. First question, which Rams players are exceeding expectations? I'll say, I'm going to go ahead and say Brandon Cooks. Uh, the Rams have kind of gone between different receivers, you know, uh, kind of a lot in the last like couple years, you know, bringing in guys like Kenny Britt even. I'm going that far, well, not that far back. I know most of you guys have been watching since like the 60s and stuff, so that far back, I'm going to go back to the uh, Kenny Britt days. I'm showing my old age here, but, uh, you know, going back to that days, those days, and then bringing in guys like Sammy Watkins and now Brandon Cooks, I don't know if I personally had necessarily high expectations for Cooks. Uh, I was, I mean, I've been on the woods train, Bobby Trees, as Nate Burleson calls him, and... Uh, him and him and Goff just really have that that good connection, and then of course Cup. Uh, I think that he's he's going to become. I think we're gonna eventually in like twenty years from now we're gonna talk about Cooper Cup as one of the greatest Rams receivers of all time. I do still believe that, uh, but I would say Cooks, man. I didn't really have a whole lot of hopes for him, and then right now, more recently, I would say Dante Fowler. I don't think a lot of people were really feeling the Dante Fowler move. I know some people were really excited about it, and then once he's got like two penalties people turned on him really quick and that which i don't think is fair first of all go ahead and throw that out there i don't think that's fair to turn on somebody after just you know two penalties of course they were kind of stupid penalties but at the same time you shouldn't get a personal foul because you hurt the ref's feelings i don't think that that's fair so i don't know take take from that what you will but i wouldn't i'm gonna go with brandon cooks i think that he's absolutely uh he's going above what i expected him to do and i don't know know exactly what i expected him to do but to to reach you know, a thousand yards receiving in the first three quarters of the season with still four games to go. I don't know if I was expecting that. So that's really cool to see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, number two, are there any Rams players performing below expectations? I'm still going to stick with, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns here. I'm going to go ahead and say Andrew Whitworth. Uh, he's not playing poorly. He's just not playing as good as he maybe ever has. This might be the worst we've seen him. So it's unfortunate. Uh, but I'm still a Whitworth fan, and I, th I still, you know, agree with him playing. I don't want to see him benched or anything like that. I don't, I'm not, you know, calling for note boom just yet or anything like that. Uh, I just think that he he could be doing, he has done better in the past. That's how I'll say that. He has done better in the past, and I would like to see him, you know, maybe get, maybe, maybe he just needs a break or so. I don't know what, what to, what to how to fix this. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's Cromer's job. I, I'm just a guy who talks about him, but, uh, I would like to see something done there you know, maybe, maybe rotation, maybe that would be a good thing for, for Whitworth, but I definitely think something, uh, this off season needs to be done about that position. If that's note boom coming in and, and Andrew Whitworth, maybe just retiring or something, then so be it. But I would say that. And then, man, I hate to say it, but it's definitely Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters is absolutely underperforming uh, my expectations. I was the one, I said it here, and I, I'm not going to, I'm not a backer downer. So, well, uh, I did say it on here that I was, 
I'm trying to word this right. So I was saying that in a couple of years, we're going to look back at the, the Marcus Peters trade and say that that's one of the best trades the Rams made ever. And that's not coming to fruition right now. And I'm eating my crow and it's not so good, but it's okay. But, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he gets better. I don't know what to tell you guys there, but he is definitely performing under expectations. I don't think anybody would argue with argue with me about that. And if you feel the need to argue with me about that, at Ram Showcase, hit me up at Sheriff Joe Bags. What's up? And third question here from John: Are you okay with the Rams' def, uh, defensive coach, coaching staff perform? Oh, okay, I read that weird. Are you okay with the, the Rams' defensive coaching staff performance? So, uh, I mean, I'm not necessarily displeased i think that people are really complaining right now and i don't know if that's just because it's 2018 and complaining is the cool thing to do uh in the world right now or at least in america but i think that the rams are 11 and 1 and yeah maybe there's some weaknesses that the rams can improve on and i'm definitely not one of those fans who just is going to say we're 11 and 1 we don't need to fix anything we're doing fine i'm not that but at the same time, we're 11 and 1. They're doing good enough. You know what I mean? So from that standpoint, yeah, it's, it's going to be okay. I, I think this coaching staff is, is really talented. Um, Wade is definitely more of a second half coach. And I think we all knew that coming in. Uh, if you didn't know that, then you didn't watch a whole lot of Broncos games from when he was there. Uh, a lot of the times they would have some trouble in the first half and then second half, they just pick it up. They're just a, he's a second half coach. Uh, and if you look at the Rams' second halves compared to their first halves, maybe I'll do some research and, and do a segment on this at some point, uh, but it's definitely better. The second half is way better for the Rams. Um, so I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily displeased with their performance, but I do think there are ways to improve. Obviously, we have the personnel, I think, to run a lot more zone, and when we run zone, we do really well on defense, but Wade loves to man up, send some blitzes, mix it up a little bit, and that's what he's still trying to do because that's Wade. I mean, and, and how are you going to say that you're like, hey, hey, Wade, stop doing what has made you a great coach since, you know, the 1800s? You can't just do that. So uh, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your viewpoint, Wade Phillips isn't going to be around very long. So uh, what I'm more interested in right now, instead of just this year's performance, I mean, yes, that's important because we do still have things that we would love to see the Rams do this year. Uh, but what I'm more interested to see is which coaches are stepping up and which coaches are doing really well. And, you know, maybe maybe because uh, we're going to need a, a DC uh, some sometime here in the near future. And hopefully, because this is going to be an interesting situation when Wade leaves, because McVeigh obviously runs the offense, so he doesn't really pay attention to the defense too much, especially when they're on the field. He just kind of lets Wade do Wade's thing, and he takes care of the offense. He go he goes and talks to guys and and prepares for the next drive. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. But I would say there are ways to improve, and I think it's more of just a schematic thing. I think just I think that we're not using. I, I don't think we're using the talents of our players properly. You know, Mark Barron is not known for being a run stuffer. He can, he, he's getting a lot of heat right now and I keep getting tagged and stuff and that's totally fine. You guys can still tag me and stuff. I don't like actually get offended, but I will defend Mark Barron, hashtag Mark Barron for president. But, uh, I think he's a little undersized to play against the run, especially against some of these offensive linemen. And we have a guy who's usually just sitting on the bench who is amazing against the run. And that is linebacker Micah Kaiser, the rookie. Uh, so I think that we're just not utilizing our talent the way that it should be utilized. Marcus Peters is a zone corner. He likes to sit back like 10 yards off the receiver, read the quarterback, make a play with his instincts, and he's having to man up, and he's just not as good in man as he is in zone. Simple fact. Well, let's see here. Next question here comes from Giovanni. Uh, Kelly Davis or a new running back, a young or a veteran player to replace Brown? So no free agents here, Giovanni. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. Uh, I would be kind of disappointed if we did that because we have two talented backs behind Todd Gurley. And also, we have Todd Gurley. So this isn't like a pressing issue. It's not like we're looking at the, the running back depth and thinking that like, oh man, what are we going to do if something happens to Todd or Todd gets tired? What are we going to do? No, we're not in that kind of situation at all. Justin Davis is an awesome back. I think John Kelly could be a, a pretty amazing back. I'm really holding out hope for this. 
and I'm a big Kelly fan. I think that he's going to do some really awesome things. He's a skateboarder, which I find really interesting, but I also I, I think that really helps him with his balance and stuff like that because he's a hard guy to tackle. Uh, even when you're draped on him and trying to bring him down, he's got that balance, and I think a big part of that is the the fact that he's such a talented skateboarder, like a talented skateboarder too. He's not just like a dude who rides a skateboard around and just like does circles and can maybe ollie. He's like doing stuff, and it's it's awesome. I don't know a whole lot of skating terms, so uh, you guys get doing stuff. That's the that's the term that I decided to use. Uh, but uh, both of these guys are absolutely more than capable of being uh, being that backup running back to Todd Gurley, and I I would be surprised to say the least if the Rams did go outside to to pick up a running back the only thing I'm really looking for here uh, is the fact that when Malcolm Brown I'm gonna go ahead and say that he does end on IR that's not official yet but I'm gonna say the chances of that happening are pretty likely and I'm gonna I don't know who the Rams are gonna pick up I don't know what position they're gonna go for but I think at this time of the year, and especially the way that the Rams roster looks right now, I would imagine that they'll probably bring up an offensive lineman from the practice squad, so it shouldn't be too crazy. Well, this next one here comes from MJ. How many touchdowns will Kelly and Davis score by the end of the regular season? So both of them combined, is a, I'm assuming your question here. Uh, so I think both of these running backs combined, John Kelly and Justin Davis, I'm going to go ahead and say they score like two, two touchdowns max I, I don't think we're gonna really be utilizing these guys like they're just workhorse running backs i just don't think that's what's gonna happen so uh, obviously we have todd Gurley for all that stuff but these guys are gonna come in when todd Gurley gets tired I th- and i would like to see a little bit more of kelly than davis personally but i think davis is more than capable of coming in and, and performing well i just think i just see davis as more of a guy who uh you know i don't even know how to put this without sounding mean but he just he seems like a guy who's like your third string running back who only comes in when you absolutely need him. Whereas John Kelly seems like he could be a, a starter in most places, you know, pending how he actually performs. But he's got all the skill set and I think he's got the mentality. He's got the vision. He's got the, the, the physical ability. He's got everything to be one of the top running backs in the NFL. Is that going to happen? I have no idea. We have to just wait and see what happens with that. But John Kelly hasn't been in pads yet, so you know he's got super fresh legs. And Justin Davis has fresh legs too. I think he's only been active one or two games this year. So, so nothing crazy from Justin Davis. Well, actually, maybe, I think he might be a little bit more. Don't quote me on the two games. If I see a quote with me saying John, Justin Davis has only played two games and I find out it's wrong, all right, I'm going to refer you back to right now where I'm saying don't quote me on that. But uh, I would say that no more than two. I don't think that this is going to be, uh, you know, too crazy uh, as far as you know, what they do is you know, like in touchdowns and stuff. Uh, these next bunch come from Cody. Uh, Cody's first one, uh, Rams player that has the best chance of at a coaching job of some sort after retirement. This is actually a really interesting question. This is something that I don't ever really think about is, you know, which one of these guys who's on the field right now could be a coach one day. Uh, but you got to think maybe Andrew Whitworth is the is the, obviously the first name that comes to mind. And I, I think that that's probably the case with most of you guys. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and say Aqib Tlaib. I'm going to say that Aqib Tlaib might be a pretty good coach. I mean, he's a smart player and he knows the game. He understands the position. He understands defenses really well. He's played under some pretty amazing defensive coordinators and some really talented defenses. So he understands what is required from a, from a Super Bowl defense, to be fair. I mean, that's he knows that for sure. And I think he knows that that position, he knows all the ins and outs of the defense well enough that he could become a coach. And he kind of has been, you know, an on-field coach for the Rams. He's been, he's been very beneficial in, in terms of like a locker room presence and an on-the-field presence. Uh, because of his his knowledge, so I would say I would say maybe Keeb to leave. I would like to see Coach Coach Keeb out there. That'd be pretty cool. Well, let's see here. Next one from Cody. If you had to rank Goff at quarterback right now, where would he be? I would actually put Goff probably. I don't know if he would if he would be in the top ten for me. I might go top twelve. But he's definitely in the in the top half for one hundred percent. But I would say he's like in the top like. 40% if that makes any sense at all. So I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that Jared Goff is the best quarterback in, in the league right now. Cause he's not. Okay. It's a simple fact. I mean, you can say I'm not a Rams fan or whatever people say when people, you know, don't say that the, their players are the best. 
Uh, but I, there's a lot of really talented quarterbacks right now, even some some really young guys that are super talented. I mean, you've got you've got guys like Trubisky, who I think is playing really well, who who uh, the Rams play this week, which is going to be fun. Drew Brees, I would say, is the goat. So personally, uh, you got Tom Brady, who other people say is the goat, which you know, to each their own. Um, this isn't like a debate. I also sidebar. I'm just going to cut in here. We've got plenty of time, so I'm going to cut in here with a little sidebar. Uh, why do we have to compare greats? Why do we have to say that this person's the greatest over this person, or this person's better than this person all time, and then we all argue about it? Why can't we just let greatness be greatness? Why can't we just, like, even Rams fans, I think we can all agree, Joe Montana was an absolutely amazing quarterback. Why do we have to say that one's, or that Tom Brady is better than him, or that Montana's better than Brady? Why can't we just, they're both awesome quarterbacks. They both have done some amazing things. Why can't we just leave it at that? You know, who's, Who's better, Drew, uh, Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers? How about they're both just really good quarterbacks? I don't understand. Appreciate greatness, man. It's like if if you're gonna say people like to talk about running backs, and of course Rams fans like to bring up greatest all time running back would be you know Eric Dickerson. That that answer pops up a lot. Marshall Falk. Uh, Marshall Falk has one ring. Uh, Eric Dickerson has zero. So uh, Steven Jackson has zero. So you know there's a lot of different aspects to what goes into being a goat, and uh, I I just think. I just think the whole thing is a little weird. Let's go ahead and leave it at that. And uh, let's see here. Next question. I lost my part. That's, I lost my spot. That's, <laughs> that's uh, Let's see here. Uh, give us some more background about Justin Davis and John Kelly. What do you think about of, of each's potential? Uh, so I, I guess I kind of answered this question without trying to earlier. Uh, Justin Davis, I, I don't hate Justin Davis. I think he, he does have some talent. Uh, I just don't think that he's a guy who, if... If the Rams absolutely needed to, could just throw in and 100% he's just good to go and he's going to crush it and he's going to be like our top guy and get a thousand yards and all this stuff. I just don't think he's that guy. I truly don't. So uh, John Kelly, I think he could be that guy for maybe us, maybe somebody else. I don't know. Um, I, uh, I'm i glad he's with us, but it's unfortunate he's not even playing right now and he's got so much potential. So John Kelly, again, I'll say it again. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face that when John Kelly and Alvin Kamara were both at Tennessee, there were times where John Kelly looked like the better running back. And we all know how talented Alvin Kamara is. Next one here from Cody. Rams offense, defense, special teams, grades versus the Lions, in my opinion, was coached well. I think overall this this game was solid. I, it wasn't too flashy of a game. Uh, the Rams offense, you know, it, it probably was Jared Goff's worst day. Um, he was not very accurate on this day overthrowing balls there was two two in a row that were nearly picked off on one drive uh so overall for the offense i would go with like a c because todd Gurley absolutely you know he did his thing he had a really good game but it wasn't an overall great game by the rams offense uh defense the, the rams defense did it did a good job in this game so i would say i would give them like a b in this game because this game again i'm not giving a's for this game because it was not it was not a gimme game. It was not a, uh, it didn't seem like the, the, the Rams games that we kind of expected. Like I talked about it last week, you know, of, of putting together that full game, something that we really haven't seen since week three, just a full game where offense, defense, and special teams all clicking and not one of those units had to pick it up for the other units. So, uh, that, that reason I'm not giving any A's, but uh, and special teams, I don't think, I don't see anything wrong with the special teams, but also the special teams wasn't necessarily a huge aspect of this game. Um, so I would go with like a C in this game. This overall was not the Rams best game. You know, the Rams did walk away with the win and that's really awesome. You know, and that's, that's my favorite part of this team right now though, is that this was maybe the worst they've played all year from front to back in a, in one game. You know, you can point to the Saints game, but the, the second half was absolutely incredible by the Rams. They did a really good job in that second half. But this was maybe from from start to finish, front to back, probably the worst game that the Rams played all year and won on the road by 14 points. That's how good this team is right now. That's absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah, no A's, no A's, but... Rams got the dub, so that's all that matters. Next one here from Cody. How can Sean McVay use his timeouts better? He has to and can't and and can Goff. Okay, hold on, man. Sorry. 
lack of punctuation will totally throw me off on my reading game. Hold on. That's not a shot of you, Cody. I'm just, I have a hard time with that. Uh, let's see here. How can Sean McVay use his timeouts better? He has to. And can Goff take over in more spots where they are having trouble with communication? And would that help save timeouts later? And can he be as effective? That's a lot of things happening in that qu- in that question, Cody. So hold on. So can how could Sean McVay use his timeouts better? Just understanding the situation. And I don't think that he's necessarily using them that poorly. There's times, I mean, Sean McVay is, is an offensive guru. So when the offense is out on the field and, you know, he sees something in the defense and maybe, you know, maybe Goff sees it too. And he's trying, Goff's just going to try to to change the play. He's just going to try to make a call. He's just going to try to call out, you know, the mic and all this stuff and call it the blitz protections, all this stuff. And, you know, maybe, maybe Sean McVay, he's seeing that. Maybe he's just like, okay, hold on. He didn't account for everything. And he just calls the timeout. And I'm not opposed to that. Again, the Rams are 11 and one. And I think Rams fans are being a little bit too picky here. There are spots that this team can improve, but I think Rams fans are being extremely picky here. So this is not something that would have been a topic under Jeff Fisher when the Rams were sitting at four wins at this time of the year. That's I just don't think that that would have been a thing. So I don't think that necessarily Sean McVay is using his timeouts poorly. I just think he understands what is being seen by the offense and is not going to let that completely destroy a play. So from that aspect, I, I don't necessarily agree that he has to use his timeouts better or anything like that. It hasn't screwed up the Rams yet. That's that's what I'll say. It hasn't completely screwed us where we're in a situation where it's like, oh man, like if we had timeouts, we'd still be in this game. That's what the other teams are usually saying. So, uh, and can Goff take over in in more spots where they're having trouble with communication? I don't think that Goff is doing a bad job with communication. And I don't know if this is necessarily just me watching the games in a different way. I kind of analyze the games as they're happening, but I think Goff's doing fine with communication. There's a lot of times where after the 15 second mark where the coach can no longer interact with the quarterback, uh, that he's still making calls and he's still calling out things. He's still calling out blitz protections. He's still yelling out Halle Berry and stuff like that. So I don't think that this is really an issue. I, I think that it's just McVeigh seeing something that maybe he doesn't know if Goff is seeing it or if he's just seeing like, okay, this just isn't going to work. And let's just rein it in, let's call a new play, you know, just forget about that one. Don't worry about it. But I don't think calling timeouts is a bad thing when you just don't want to just give up a play. You know, if, if, if McVeigh is seeing something in the defense that is just blatantly not going to work for what our play call is, then I don't, I'm not opposed to him calling calling for a timeout um, in that regard. So let me see here. And how would that – oh, wait. Well, I lost it. Uh, and would that help save timeouts later? And can he be as effective? I, I Like I said, man, I don't – I'm not necessarily uh, seeing that it's a problem right now. So – it could potentially be a problem. You know, you get into the postseason, you get one shot at those games, and it's NFL postseasons are hard. And having timeouts at the end of those is an important aspect of the game. So uh, in that regard, I would maybe like to see some at the end, but they don't roll over, man. So, I mean, if, you, if you're in the third quarter, Rams are up, you know, stuff like that. You know, Rams say Rams are up by 14. We're in the third, fourth quarter. And we're lined up, and McVeigh calls a timeout. I don't see why I why that would be considered necessarily a waste of a timeout. If you know, because we're not really necessarily going to need that. So I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like maybe I'm being aggressive, <laughs> and maybe I'm just kind of like, hey, you know, this is not broken, man. But you know, it's I don't think it is. So that's all. Uh, next one here from Cody. Why does McVeigh call timeouts on plays with communication issues instead of trusting Goff? It's simply that is because uh, if if he's seeing something that's just not going to work, and maybe uh, you know, there's this situation like back in like the Peyton Manning days where he would have two pass plays and a run play every single snap. Like that that was just how it was, and then he would come up to the line, and then he'd call one. And uh, I just don't think Goff is that guy yet so if he's just not seeing something maybe there's no audibles that are really set up to quickly just yell out uh, that everybody knows exactly what's going to happen right now you know especially when it's getting close uh, then there's no really really reason it's not not trusting Goff it's just understanding that okay we don't have anything that's going to work they lined up like this let's see let's call the timeout let's come out and let's uh, let's attack that or you know maybe they're going to change so like whatever so I don't know, man. I'm, I don't see the timeouts as maybe as big an issue as, as as you might, and that's okay. 
that's okay if you if if timeouts i mean timeouts are important absolutely you know what i mean so i just don't i'm not overly concerned about it because the rams right now are a good enough team where at the end of games they're not needing to you know use all three timeouts to get the ball back or anything like that so i just don't think it's a that big of an issue this season uh cody goff all-time quarterback comparison uh i thought about this question for quite a while today um I was at work, you know, I was like kind of looking at it and I don't know, man, I, I was going to think of some, I actually had two names that I was going to say, I'm not even going to give you those names. That's, that's what's happening right now. I'm not even going to give you those names. So I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, Goff. It's Goff, man. Goff is Goff and I think he's amazing. So it's, uh, (laughs) that's what you get from me. Um, Mitchell Trubisky update. Yeah, Mitchell P- Trubisky is looking like he is going to play in this game. Uh, obviously, did was not playing last week or I believe the week before. He's looking good though, and uh, they're still not one hundred percent. They might know internally, but outwards and the information that we we have access to is saying that uh, it's not one hundred percent. They're still going to look at him in practice this week, but all signs point to Trubisky playing this week. Well, Rams versus Bears best game plan to win. I'm going to go with the same game plan as the the Lions. I think that that would be very beneficial is keeping keeping Trubisky on the sideline and wearing out that defense. You know, keeping that defense that is so talented on the field, wearing them out so that at the end of the game when if it is close, then they're tired and you can attack them. So, I'm going to say that, man. I think the time of possession is going to be huge in this game. I don't necessarily think that turnovers are going to be the story in this game, but they obviously will have a big impact as they do on every game. But I think time of possession is really going to be um, something that the Rams need to focus on for this one. Uh, Cody also wants to know, should we replace Witt if he, wish, if he still wishes to come back? I think that if, if Witt de- does decide to come back next year, I think we have a guy that could potentially be that guy. Uh, actually, what I think will happen is... I think Havenstein would move to left tackle and Noteboom would become right tackle. Uh, that's just kind of my my initial thoughts. But I would say that if Witt does come back, maybe just keep a closer eye on him. And if he does need to come out of the game, if he is not necessarily looking like he's the super stud brick wall, then let him sit down. You know, bring in a bring in Noteboom. You know, move around the line a little bit. Let him sit down. I just don't think, I really don't think he's going to come back. I'll, just, I'll put that out there. I don't think Witt's going to come back. I think this is Whitworth's last year for sure. But I would say that if he does, we need to have a plan in place in case he can't keep going, in, in case he can't get it done through the full 16 games. It's a long season, and it's really hard for offensive linemen, especially when you get to guys like Witt's age. Uh, so I would say Rams just need to have a backup plan for sure. Uh, Kelsey, uh, the moment we get Kaiser and Oboe and Lawler to set the edge, this defense will be sky's the limit. That is not a question, but I absolutely agree with you. I think that the the Rams have some very talented young linebackers. And, I mean, kind of look at it. You know, you look at last year's draft class, Gerald Everett, Josh Reynolds, uh, John Johnson, you know, these guys, uh, Samson Abukon, they're playing really good right now. Last year, didn't really hear about him. So I think that this is going to be a similar thing. I think that next year we're going to see Noteboom on the field, and I think we're going to see Kaiser on the field. Uh, I, I do think that the Rams move on from Mark Barron. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan. I, I love Mark Barron, and I'm going to support him no matter where he goes. But I do think that his time as a Ram is going to come to an end, and I think Kaiser can take that role. Then you've got guys like Oboe, who we haven't seen yet, but we're all really excited to. And then uh, Lawler, I'm not completely sold on Lawler yet, but he he does have some attributes that I appreciate. Uh, but I would say that the Rams, this this Rams draft class, you know, John Kelly, Oboe, Lawler, Kaiser, all these guys, I think that next year is really where when we're going to start to see them. And I think that might just be part of Sean McVay's plan is to, you know, you draft these guys. You don't have to force them out onto the field, especially with the, the the roster that the Rams have right now. You don't have to force these guys out on the field immediately and, and make them play and all this stuff. Uh, so that's kind of nice. And then they get the NFL experience for the year. They understand the traveling. They understand the practices. They understand what game days look like. And then the next year, then you can actually utilize those players 
They already kind of, they're already comfortable with the team. They're comfortable with the coaches. They're comfortable with the scheme. They're comfortable with, you know, the stadium, all this stuff. They're comfortable with everything. And now they can actually just focus on playing some football. And my last question here from Jesse, who was number 34 in the late seventies who could have been a great running back, but couldn't stay healthy. I did kind of tease Jesse here in the comment section. And I said, I think I know about more about this person than you're expecting. And he decided to say, like, oh, I was researching at the time because I didn't give him a name. Well, Jesse, then that doesn't make for the fan quesos to be very fun. If I give you the answers where you ask the question. So uh, I'm assuming, man. Okay, so I don't know who you're talking about. But what I'm going to go ahead and guess is that you're talking about the greatest that never was running back Marcus Dupree of Oklahoma and, of course, the Los Angeles Rams. So Marcus Dupree, if you guys don't know who Marcus Dupree is, I absolutely recommend looking more into Marcus Dupree. He was an absolute baller in high school and was in college as well. So basically what happened, <laughs> I'll give you guys the story. I have a picture, a signed picture of Marcus Dupree sitting right behind me. It's right on my shelf. You guys, if you guys watch the YouTube video, you guys can see it. It's right behind me. It's signed. It's got a little card with it. And there's also a little picture of my niece. The, the, the niece picture has nothing to do with Marcus Dupree, but that's kind of just how you can pinpoint it a little bit. Uh, so obviously Marcus Dupree, a lot of people do know this guy, do know, do know his story and everything. So he was recruited by well over a hundred colleges coming out of high school. He was absolutely insane. Basically, if he touched the football, it was a touchdown in high school. That was basically what you were getting. He ended up going to Oklahoma. He played for Switzer. Ended up Basically, Switzer kept him on the bench as a freshman because that's just kind of how Switzer is. And uh, Marcus Dupree grew frustrated, more frustrated, more frustrated. And then he ended up just quitting football. He got hurt. He quit football. And he was like, you know what? Screw it then. I don't even want to play. And basically... To sum it up, this is what I always tell people, that if Marcus Dupree would have not not gotten hurt, if he would have not stopped playing football, he would be in that discussion. He would be, when you ask somebody who's the greatest running back of all time, it's you would get the Herschel Walker, Bo Jackson, Eric Dickerson, uh, all these guys, Barry Sanders, and Marcus Dupree would be right in there, right in there in that conversation. I personally, when somebody asks me who I think the most, who the best running back is of all time, obviously it's Marsh Fuck because he's awesome most talented running back of all time is Bo Jackson. Nobody's ever been a better athlete, in my opinion, than Bo Jackson. But I think Marcus Dupree was that kind of guy. He could have been absolutely amazing. He could be, right now, Hall of Fame running back. Absolutely. Not a doubt in my mind. He had all the talent, and, and you can't fight me on that. You cannot battle that. Because look at him play. Why Go watch stuff on Marcus Dupree and tell me that would not have been a Hall of Fame NFL running back. That's absolutely absurd. So uh, he did have a a uh, documentary that was on Netflix a long time ago. I, it's probably been six, seven years since I saw it on Netflix. But uh, he did have that, that. It was called The Greatest That Never Was. And he, he was. He was awesome, man. So uh, Marcus Dupree, absolutely incredible. He is now a truck driver in Mississippi. So uh, from being one of the greatest running backs that could have ever played to a truck driver in Mississippi. That's a slippery slope, but I still uh, respect the crap out of Marcus Dupree. I have his picture right behind me uh, with his card, with his rookie card, and um, I'm definitely getting a Marcus Dupree jersey. That's something I've been talking about for years, though. I just need to go do it. I just need to pull the trigger, buy myself a Marcus Dupree jersey, because I know certain people would absolutely appreciate that, and that's important to me. Very important to me. Uh, that is going to do it, though, for all my fan quesos. Thank you guys so much for asking the fan quesos. I really appreciate the fan participation in that. Uh, make sure you guys follow all the Ram Showcase social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow me as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. If you guys want to be my personal friend, uh, which I can always use more of, uh, you can search facebook.com slash ramsjoeb. Pretty easy there. That's, I figure that's that's easier than trying to give you guys my last name. It's random, but no one knows how to spell it. So uh, just go ahead and do that. You can also search Sheriff Field. It should pop, pop me up. Uh, it's like my parentheses name. My, my alternative name. It's like when people get married and they put their, their maiden name in the parentheses. Not, yeah, mine's Sheriff Joe Bags. 
Uh, but if we don't have any mutual friends or anything, I'm not going to accept. So just send me a message and say, what's up? I like your show. I think you're incredibly handsome and amazing. And I will definitely accept that 100% of the time. So uh, that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags, clocking out for you guys. This is Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening. And you guys have a great night. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.